You're listening to Once, episode 329, Nightfall. Hello and welcome back to Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Aaron, And we are here to talk about Nightfall. Nightfall. At first I didn't get the title. K-N-I-G-H-T-F-A-L-L. Yep, I get it Which now. Which I think I'm pretty is, sure. I don't think that's a word. No. What did you think overall? I feel like the last scene was one of my favorite scenes of the season. And so now I'm totally biased about the episode as a whole. Oh, I have no problem separating those two things. (laughs) (laughs) There were some really good things in this episode. I really enjoyed the Hook and Alice backstory, that part, like their relationship part. And then there were some things that were a little bit meh. Yeah, a whole lot. A whole lot. (laughs) I was not a fan of this episode. We did get new magical items and we did get new characters. Pause. So, but I guess this episode was filmed before our list of demands came out last week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, okay. So little background on how I realize I view episodes. Pirate backstory, just straight up boring. To me, that is never fun. Don't know why. Maybe it's the lack of, like, everything's so dreary. Maybe it's because they bring in pirates who have no discernible personality other than, R, I'm a pirate. I don't know what it is, but every single time they do a hook backstory, I just sort of snooze, except for when it was relevant to the overall story, back when it was, like, the Rumple Mila stuff. Like, that was interesting, but this, I fully expected Blackbeard. This was a backstory we were waiting for, though. We did want to know, or at least we pondered, about how Hook got cursed, how his heart was cursed against Alice. That is true. And it was just a really long way of explaining it to us. Yeah. So I guess if, we're, if we start with talking about that whole plot line about freeing Alice, that you're right. That is something we've been waiting for. And yet... If you think about She's it. He's still not free. I was going to say, we still didn't get that. All we got was how he got his heart poisoned. And frankly, I thought that was a trumped up. I do not understand Gothel. I assume we will. She's like, she's evil over here. She's cruel. She's mean, but she's also super judgy. She's like, nope, mm, you weren't good enough. She still reminds me. Well, and she had. Did she even have a motive to do this? Like, she's abandoned them. She's free. She got what she wanted from Hook. Right. So she can have a child for the purposes of leaving her alone, locked in a tower, because she wanted Hook or Nook to go with her when she left the tower. Don't forget. She wanted to just abandon a baby in a tower so that she could have her freedom. But then... He chooses to stay. Now, maybe that was a test, but he chooses to stay. And then because he stops for a duel, he's not good enough, which both times I watched it, 
it didn't even occur to me that the duel was optional. I felt like he was threatened. Like Ahab, I thought Ahab was there to kill him. I guess Ahab did leave, though, and then say, meet me wherever at whatever time. And Hook could have just been like, nope, I'm going to go back to the tower now. Except that that isn't, there's a difference between just defending one's honor and having honor. He gave his word. I mean, duels are stupid, but he gave his word that he would be there. So not showing up is cowardly. That's a rumple move. <laughs> like, yeah. Maybe, uh, you know, I, so I, I felt like that whole, that was just one of those false dilemmas, like Emma killing Cruella. The whole thing is just like this false imposition of you've done wrong where they really haven't. Yeah. And I also don't recall him promising Alice he would come straight back, but he might have. I mean, I didn't like, listen to that scene. Was he allowed to go to the bathroom? <laughs> or or eat a meal or like do not what? pass go do not collect two hundred dollars. <laughs> How do we define come right back? To me, that was where everything just kind of fell on its ear because there's just suddenly what went from being kind of an, an okay but humdrum episode for me just got really silly. I was like, where did this conflict come from? Whether he came straight back or not, I I missed the setup for it, I guess, and it just felt like it came out of nowhere. Clearly, Alice has forgiven him for that, so it, right. it was a minor infraction. Yeah, I don't. I, think. I it feels to me as if they didn't fully plan out how or why Gothel did what she did, and so this is kind of just how they got there because it was time. I do have a theory about that that I will share at the time, but them not fully planning, we got some interesting feedback. Really. <laughs> Well, I thought this feedback was funny. So this is from Lisa, and she says, This season has given me quite the feeling of fan fiction. Like the writers were trying to cater to the fans. Notice that, with the exception of Rumpel, none of the old characters ever had a dual identity. What if what we are seeing is actually Henry's first attempt at writing a story as the author, and we are just seeing it played out. I know he's technically <laughs> supposed to record the stories, but it is possible he went the way of Isaac and rewrote everyone's story. Or maybe we're just seeing the story he has written and it didn't really happen. That would explain all the inconsistencies. Or maybe that's just wishful thinking. <laughs> are we okay with season seven being a dream? <laughs> <laughs> I think season seven being a dream at this point would be the best ending I could ask for. Can you imagine it just like... The end, Jared Gilmore wakes up in Storybrooke, <laughs> and and it's his last day of high school. And he just was dreaming this whole thing, or he was writing mm -hmm. it. He could have been writing it, but just without the author pen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we did get some other feedback. I just want to recap our spoiler policy for feedback. If you're sending us feedback, we cannot read it if it has spoilers so we have somebody that sorts our feedback and spoilers include anything known about a future episode including the episode title true so are you sending us feedback just exclude the spoilers and then we'll be happy to try and include it in the podcast and and kindly don't read spoilers and disguise them as your own theories <laughs> yes <laughs> not that i'm saying anyone's done that i can't think of a time when i've really thought anyone did that but you know. i know you're bail fire no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm gonna make a dad joke just warning 
<laughs> Did you say dual personalities? <laughs> yeah, I heard it. And then I saved it for like a full minute. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so Alice is a very interesting character. Yeah. So child Alice. Both of the Alices. But True. um yeah, she's little prophetic maybe or has some yeah. some prophetic dreams going on either that or her dreams are just affected by gothel somehow um and her accent <laughs> her accent's affected by gothel well uh, something affected it because she definitely speaks very differently from her father who is presumably the only person she's ever known up to a uh, preteen age i would reckon that perhaps <laughs> the actress who played young Alice, who I thought did a great job at channeling the actress who plays Tilly. Yeah. I thought they looked alike. They spoke alike. Yes. They definitely both have the same accent, but until I saw them in that environment, it never occurred to me that she speaks so differently from the hook. <laughs> <laughs> but I would guess that the young Alice is maybe not actually of that accent. I think oh, she might have been faking it. There were a few times that I was like, ooh, I don't know if that's <laughs> yeah. how it's said. Or maybe she's like just from a different dialect, because I know there's so yes. many, so many different dialects. Well, yes, both are both accents are British. They're just different. Right. <laughs> yeah, she um she had the dream thing going, poor thing, then it comes true. Worse than maybe she dreamt so here's here's my theory that i literally just thought of while we were talking about this earlier Ooh. about why gothel like what her end game was and i'm wondering if gothel's kind of the dark one of this realm mm -hmm. and she has some kind of foresight into what's happening which perhaps she does if her daughter does it would make sense that gothel has that you know seer capability that rumple had and if she knew about Hyperion Heights and that there was going to be a curse and that she was going to be trying to do her thing in the world without magic, I wonder if she knew that Alice would be important for her to be mad because I think it is safe to say Alice could be mad because she lived in a tower by herself for years or just with her dad, but who knows like did he come and go did he stay with her the whole time so maybe because it seems like now with what we learned in this episode tilly is mad and is being controlled maybe by her dreams or maybe by some other force but it does seem that perhaps she might have done some bidding for gothel and maybe that has been the plan all along yeah but possibly <laughs> Possibly in some kind of mind control, heart control kind of way, though. Yes, I don't think Alice Ooh, what is if, doing it of her own accord. What if Gothel can take brains the way Regina can take hearts? <laughs> Just um, visualize that for a minute. Just going to let you... <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, listeners. Yes. <laughs> now have a lovely night. <laughs> Sweet dreams. I still use Regina's heart grabbing 
uh, like as a gif for things nothing related <gasps> to once upon a time there's a gif of that there's several i'm getting one yeah how about uh wish realm rumple well i was very confused about why there was one and so i guess hook jumped realms to go see him from new enchanted forest to wish realm yes where rumple's no. in a cage i still and i you know Forgive me, I'm still not tracking fully with how we decided that the tower was in not the Wish Realm. The New Enchanted Forest. Well, it's we've always had another realm, and I've kind of wondered if that just simply was the Wish Realm, even though they never said. But, you know, I mean, maybe he's realm jumping. It's getting, honestly, a bit frustrating that they're not delineating where things are or how people get there. It's just, it's very confusing. If these are Wish Realm characters, then why is there a new Cinderella and a new Lady Germaine? That's the part that doesn't make sense. Because if the Wish Realm was created by the Wish, it was our Snow White and our Emma and our Henry and that Rumpelstiltskin, but it was just the time precurse. And so... If there's duplicates, you would assume that the duplicate of Cinderella would be Ashley. But, I mean, she is on Forgotten Character Island, so they just maybe couldn't get her to come back. (laughs) With the Wish Realm, they opened up a can of worms. And then they decided, you know, these worms don't taste so great. Let's go get the spicy can of worms and let's open that. And let's just sort of mix the two around until they taste good. And there's still, you know, there's still seasoning and mixing, and it's it's not quite there, but um, but it is very mixed. They needed the Cajun food truck. You are right. <laughs> they should have, instead of doing multiple cans of worms, they should have just done beignets. Exactly. But yes, that part is frustrating. I don't even know why the Wish Realm really had to happen in the first place. Because it's sort of as if they realized that nobody was going to enjoy it if they made this whole season based on that realm. And so they altered it, but kept the wish realm to honor what they had already written. You know, it's almost like that was plan A for duplicating characters so that they could have a season seven. And then another realm and multiple books was just plan B, but they decided to honor canon, I guess. That's just my best hypothesis. For once in their entire life. I know. That's just my my hypothesis as to how they came up with multiple ways to duplicate people and then mixed them all together. Because it is just very confusing and they're pretending that there's no such thing as realm jumping right now. Then again, they've made it so easy inexplicably that maybe we're just supposed to assume who cares. And that's fine. If that's, if that's what they're going with, then... They don't need to explain it, except for Hook then jumped realms, did all this stuff, jumped back, but somehow Gothel still had a hand in it, and whatever, that's fine. (laughs) They did keep up with one thing consistency-wise in this episode. They gave Nook some gray hairs. Yes. Since he's Uh, been in the tower for like around, would you say like 12-ish years? 10, 12 years? So you say that's consistency. I say challenge accepted. Uh, oh, so my challenge that I take that as a challenge to prove why it's inconsistent, and here's why: <laughs> it 
he has aged to that point so well, it makes me question how he ever became the wish hook that we saw first. The really fat, really old one. Well, what's been another like 10 years, would you say? Maybe, but... 10 years of grief and grieving and eating your feelings. he just... So at some point, we are to believe that he just went, well, I guess I'm never getting my daughter out of that tower, so I'm just going to go drink myself to a stupor every day and not go back to her. Well, but he was cursed. Oh, you're right. No, but he did even say that he would sneak up and play in one of the episodes... In the first episode that we learned that hook had a daughter new hook had a daughter he said he would go play chess with her so i don't know if he meant like before his heart was poisoned but i thought he meant after yeah well oh because i think then he said that the witch took the daughter away and that's why he can't find alice yeah he said she was stolen by an evil witch a vengeful witch. A vengeful witch. But clearly it was he who was stolen. Well, unless there's another witch that stole Alice. Because the tower was in ruins. And that's that was like Lady Tremaine's area. The tower was in ruins. But then they actually met up thinking because of Drizella that they were cured. And then they weren't. All right. So. I know. It, it doesn't make yeah. sense. Nope. Uh, and yes, when you can't write the bullet points based on the story that was written, you realize that the outline should have been written in advance. Do you... It, this is reminding me of when you ask Siri what's zero divided by zero. <laughs> See, it doesn't make any sense. And Cookie Monster is sad that he has no cookies and you are sad that you have no friends. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> who could, we the only friends we can have are other people who understand what it's like to try to figure out the once upon a time timeline. <laughs> the best thing I got out of the whole flashback thing was that I don't think I ever realized that the rook specifically that was supposed to remind Hook of Alice actually is a tower if you think about it. Mhm. I I may have thought of that before. Maybe I'm the last one to think of it, but I did think of it now, and I like it. I also think that the reason why the episode's called Nightfall is because Hook fell from grace in a way, and he was was the knight. That's why she has his knight. Yes. And he has her rook. But he fell more literally than he did figuratively, in my opinion. Because the dilemma was false. So, I reject it. (laughs) (laughs) Did you just reject my theory? That's rude. No, not your theory. I think you're absolutely right. I reject their idea that he did fall from... Like, whose grace? Gothel's? (laughs) Alice's. Because he was supposed to be her protector and get her out of the tower, and he didn't. You didn't come right back. I hated that. That was so dumb. But he also still didn't (laughs) save her, but that was Gothel's fault. Yes, it was. He he literally did exactly what he said. He was only poisoned because of Gothel, and he only failed to get her out of the tower because of Gothel. It's still all Gothel. And here's my question. He got the fish hook. 
Why did he go back to the dark one after that? Wish hook got the fish hook. Wish hook got the fish hook. <laughs> because he, the dark one literally said that the fish hook would get you out of any prison. And then surely Hook would have been able to deduce that that would work for the tower, too. He didn't have to get the Dark One out to then get Alice out of the tower. Even if that is the deal he made, what's the Dark One in a dungeon going to do? I know. Again, though, that's honor. It's keeping his word. <sighs> honor. <laughs> um, honor schmonger. Also, what is Ahab's deal? Like, shouldn't he be off chasing a whale or something? Why is he following hook around that doesn't make any sense oh and i guess new rumple didn't know about squid ink because honestly i believe it or not would have taken squid ink in this instance over a lot of what they did well yeah because new new rumple wanted to be in the i don't know (laughs) well it's i know it's a different realm but it's is it not literally the same cage that he yes that we first learned of Squid Ink in? Yes. Yeah, so let's and recap season one and two. So here he's making... Now, the Squid Ink had something to do with Emma, so maybe that's why it didn't come into play well, the, here. So the Squid Ink trapped him in the dungeon. Oh, supposedly. I still reject that part in of the story. In The Price of Gold, which was the Cinderella story from season one. And he did it like he knew that he was being tricked. Well, it was the quill at the time, but it was retconned. The quill, right, but it was really the ink. (laughs) And then we learned in Queen of Hearts that he, like, Emma challenged Mr. Gold when she got back and said, you could have gotten out the whole time. And he said, I was exactly where I wanted to be. But he had left that clue for them to get out because Cora trapped them in the same dungeon. Right. And the spells were in the book. (laughs) but you know as much as i hated that stuff at least once they had retconned it it all became canon and it's really old so it would have been almost cool to bring it back but i mean i guess we wanted ahab for some reason even though he was not interesting so i didn't even know who ahab was um i (laughs) messaged you and thought he was a bible which he is but not this which, one yes but yeah <laughs> um but i did like a very very limited google search and he's from <laughs> like he's from moby dick by herman melville yes, but yes. um apparently one of the you know cultural representations of him is hook like they say that hook was inspired by ahab captain ahab he was after the whale but hook was after the crocodile missing leg versus missing hand Right, which they kind of touched on, but it's like if you've got one character based on another, don't bring the character on which you based your character into the show. Well, they kind of did that, though, with Anna and Elsa and the Snow Queen. (sighs) Elsa was based on the Snow Queen. Uh, Well, but they did that in the same story kind of on purpose. True, that's true. They just needed another captain of a ship that was mean. He didn't even seem that mean, to be honest. Can I give some stupid trivia that I'm sure was unintentional? Sure. (laughs) Ahab was played by Chad Rook. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. He was also kind of young. I don't know. I was expecting. He only got the part. 
<laughs> he only got the part because, because of his, of his last name. name. No, like <laughs> he did fine for what he was given. He was just, I'm sorry, you were given a peg leg and a silly part. <laughs> but, yeah, he was like supposed to be the upstart to aging hook or something. I, I, I don't know. I don't think many people thought the gray hairs were making hook seem washed up. Older. Yeah. No. Well, and we want to see his redemption story as the audience. We're not hoping he goes back to being evil hook. Correct. Right. Like we, we've commented on that before. Also like there's really silly rules in like, dueling and war that are just dumb like <laughs> take 10 10 steps and then turn and shoot as fast as you can like how is that even proving anything proving you can aim oh yeah but, duels are weird and that's like i always used to watch like the war movies and like there's literally just a line of dudes with guns shooting at another line of dudes right? with guns like that's stupid right like who who decided they should follow these rules of engagement? <laughs> well, that was when honor was a big thing, right? And that's, that was the like, honorable way to fight. It wasn't honorable to build trenches and fight, you know, dirty. It's not honorable to try not to die. That's, yeah, I always have found that very strange as well. Do you know who's never had a problem with honor, though? <laughs> <laughs> Our heroes? Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, no. <laughs> I thought of that while I said it, <laughs> but I was just trying to comment on how good, like how much I enjoy Rumple, like Rumple, Rumple. We can go with that, though. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently our heroes and Rumple have something in common. <laughs> I meant it in a bad way. His whole let me all rip his face off. Oh dang! Well, you know who doesn't rip our faces off. <laughs> Our heroes? Yeah, our heroes. Big thanks to Lisa Slack, Lisa R., Jill Sherrod, and our other 16 heroes on Patreon for all of your support in hosting the podcast. If you would like to learn more and become a hero to the podcast and help us find the squid ink in the dungeon so we can get out, <laughs> you can visit oncepodcast.com slash hero to learn more about our Patreon options. You you can get like lots of cool bloopers and stuff released on Patreon. Um, and you can give as little as $1 per month to support the podcast. And we really appreciate everybody's support. Do you know what character doesn't seem to have problems with honor at all? Rumpelstiltskin. I have really enjoyed his banter and his whole, let me out, I'll rip his face off. <laughs> 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 he gave, he actually offered several options. Take his other leg, give you his head, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, which that's really that's a pretty dark moment in a sense. We it was funny, but it's like Yeah, but then it's Bobby Carlisle. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like Hook who still, you know, just because the curse wasn't cast doesn't mean that that uh, the rest of the history isn't real. They spent hundreds of years at odds and with vendettas and murdery things happening. And then here, it's like a moment for he's actually offering to help him. Well, he just wanted out. Well, I know. But it's like just thinking about if he actually went for that. Because uh, I think they've made the Dark One too friendly 
I mean, we know. I know he's Rumpelstiltskin and everything, but everything that he represented in that realm and in that time. But did he like he Rumpelstiltskin, as we know him from season one, say, which is appropriate to this time? He was more meddling than anything, but that's always because he was working toward a common goal. Like he, every good character approached him at some point. And he didn't rip their heart out. Even hmm. Belle, he went soft. Oh, well, I mean, he's still pure evil, so there's that. <laughs> but they threw all that away when they went to a new season, so. <laughs> <laughs> but was he pure evil? Belle saw the man, the good. You know, at this point, I don't know. I've forgotten. <laughs> and I guess he's still in the show, right? Like, But it doesn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> I have a darn hard time remembering that even though he's awake, that, oh yeah, that's the Rumpelstiltskin we've always known, because they've completely declawed him in this stupid police role. Well, he was declawed even in the past, once he was with Belle, and they were Well, and I don't mean I want him to have claws and, like, be mean, but, like, he has no, he usually has no presence now. Yeah, he's, they're not even making him funny anymore. They just, I'm telling you, I'm telling them, they need to wake up rogers up and get away from all of that garbage like it's just boring (laughs) it was a little more interesting in this episode but they're still talking around i mean he he's the only one still who's not awake and so they have to just dance around it and even even gothel's like dude you need to wake up yeah he he is he's infuriatingly clueless even for somebody who's asleep for someone who reacted the way he did to emma's picture like, he still has memories of her, but he still can't seem to wake up. Which, I mean, yeah, curse, but I don't know. Nothing ever dawns on him anymore as, oh, you know? But I do wonder, I think I said this last week too, but like, I wonder if Gothel does have some kind of a power on him in addition to the curse. Because she's she knows what's up. Like, she waved at Tilly through a camera. Oh, yeah. From that's, another that's room. Creepy. Like, that was so creepy. And poor Tilly was like, her reaction was so good. Like, looking to looking to Weaver and then back to the camera. And, like, she's terrified. There was, a, uh, there was a character that's been in the Netflix Marvel shows who did that at one point. And I'm, I'm wondering if that was kind of the inspiration. But it was creepy both in both cases. So creepy. It's just like this implied sense of some kind of power or ability that it's like, how does that even work? (laughs) Well, and does it have to do with her just in general having that ability or does it have to do with some connection with Alice, who's her daughter? Yeah. She seemed pretty knowing that Rumpel was still there, too. She said she doubted it, but but it yeah, it seems like she maybe knew he was there more than just suspected. So I had a theory that. Because she she talked about she asked Hook about have you ever thought about taking a razor to that face of yours? It's a terrible way to say it. It's something about looking looking good, clean shaven. That is now that I'm saying it out loud. Um, but she did say like something about clean shaven, and I'm just wondering if if he's going to do that next week. We're going to see that he comes and he's shaved or whatever, and then that might indicate that she does have some kind of a. An influence over him. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even a flashback where he's clean shaven for some reason. Oh, maybe. Yeah, that's true. 
Or maybe she was just being generally creepy. Probably. <laughs> but she manipulates lonely lost girls, and he's none of those. <laughs> Dang. Except he's being manipulated through and through. Hmm. Rogers is a lonely lost girl. He's just very, like, headstrong. Like, no matter what Weaver says, I loved the banter about the price. He said, if you say that now, you don't understand the price. And Rogers is like, well, whatever the price is, I'm willing to pay it. Like, for what? Everything that comes out of Rogers' mouth makes no sense. That's true. For example, I actually made note. He said, I spent years looking for her. She turned out different than I expected, but I know her. She likes to be in control. What part of his investigation looking for Eloise Gardner indicated, A, that she was even a grown woman, or B, (laughs) that she likes to be in control? You don't know her at all. If anything, your years investigating and searching for her prove that you don't know her now that you've met her. So I just I don't understand even the lines that are being written for him. They just come out of his mouth and they don't even go together. (laughs) I agree. I would feel like even as a police officer in this world that he thinks he is because of a curse, he would be smarter. Like, how did they not know? How it? How is her telling them about the chocolate hearts news to them? <laughs> like, how would they not right. know that ahead of right. time? They would have seen a box. They would have seen a delivery. Like, that's what detectives do. <laughs> like, that's very specific. <laughs> well, and like, she was just so, like, she was just playing them. And it was yeah. so obvious. It was all to set up for the dark moment of the week. Oh, poor Tilly. Same victim as last week. Well, yeah, because she didn't die. (laughs) Yeah. She was only a little bit dead. Right. She didn't get any more (laughs) scenes. She was like, oh, I'm still alive? Yeah, it's so you can lay on the floor dead next week. Do you think Tilly did that? No. Like, no, you physically don't think Tilly did it, or you don't think that she did it on purpose? Well, I don't know about that. However, she was sort of bent down like she was picking up the scalpel. Yes. And had no blood. Like, my whole thing was that she had no blood on her. The scalpel didn't seem to have any blood on it, but there was a lot of blood. Yeah. So just from my CSI days, (laughs) I think that (laughs) she would have blood on her. Your CSI days? (laughs) Sorry, I mean, if they're if they're pretending that they're police officers, I'm going to pretend that they have a forensics team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's that going to be? Doctor. No, wait, it's not a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> doctor Whale's there. That would be amazing. <laughs> or like a new Doctor Whale. A new talk. No. No, because we don't no. want new characters. And he would count as a new character in this story. We don't have enough time to get any more backstories. Yeah, I mean, at this point, they don't even have to explain it. (laughs) I know, I know. It's like, what do we have now? Nine episodes remaining? Something like that. And everything is such a mess. Something Tilly said at the end when they found her with the scalpel. She said, I tried to warn you, but you wouldn't listen. You didn't pay attention to the thing that matters most. And that's when people get hurt. Is she talking about herself? She matters most because he's the one. He ignored her. Right. And so Uh. I'm just wondering because she would matter most to him for sure as his daughter. But he's not awake to that fact yet. 
Right. Well, she also had said something bad was going to happen. So. True. And that they should play a game. Y- yes. <laughs> because games, uh, yeah. <laughs> they help us on our bad days. She's half crazy and makes way more sense than Rogers. But I don't take everything she says as being, obviously, she's speaking in in riddles. So, Do you think she's, okay, so she said you brought a monster here and I can see her for what she really is. Yeah. Did she stop taking the pills? Uh, probably. Because she couldn't. She couldn't see things. She was way more just calm and didn't see all these interesting things when she had the pills. But she also, like, this is probably a flare up as a result of all the bad stuff that's happening. That could be. Yeah. That's, um, oh, it's interesting. I looked up the definition or like the symbolism of a spiral, which is the symbol that is on Alice's wrist from the the poison heart. Mm -hmm. And, the one that stood out to me is that it's a symbol of hypnosis. Oh, interesting. And the only reason that stood out to me this week is because of Alice's state. Cause she didn't seem to be mad in the past. Like she's, she had the prophetic dreams, but she didn't seem to be mad as a grown up in the past. Right. A little odd, but a little, not very. Yeah. Like odd and other places. Yeah. <laughs> but not like yeah. to the level that she is. But I mean, this is also our world. And so maybe it manifests differently. It could be part of the curse for her. <sighs> could be a lot of things. <laughs> you know, it's just, I, I hope the story pivots very soon because there are just so many pieces that don't fit together that aren't clear and they're not getting any better that yeah. I'm starting to just get impatient it feels like filler a lot of filler and there isn't much time left do you think what's happening with drizella is filler as well or do you think that there might be some end point to that i i don't think it's filler i i mean that to me is a little more interesting except that they're having her just sort of change i suppose it wasn't just a statement of love it was a sacrifice that her mother made Mm-hmm. And that I can see that being pivotal in her life, but I do I do think that she's pivoting to be a good guy now. They basically l- literally said, "You get to decide who Ivy is now." So the opening credits had her doll in the O for once, and then uh. Jacinda gave her back the doll. But just to recap, that is the doll that Tremaine used to record. Jacinda and Lucy's fake dad kissing to show Lucy to then essentially get her to lose her belief. Now, are you positive it's the same one? Yeah, that's the doll that she had given her. She had given, like, Lady Tremaine came in and gave it to, it had the camera in it. I think it was even in that title card. So I'm just wondering if it was in the title card, if that was like a symbol of like her giving it back is like a symbol of like a peace offering and so really things are good now or if she's going to give it back and then Drizella is going to find the camera and it's going to be a whole big drama i think Drizella did have a lot of character development in this episode though they probably forgot about the camera maybe <laughs> do you know what i think might happen though this is what i thought was going to happen but then the episode ended i am wondering if Drizella is 
trying to wake up Henry now. She brought him the best mochi in town and they cut the episode to an end before he ate it. But he was about to eat it, I believe. And she did say, I think you can be the hero I need. Mm, Well, it was shrink wrapped. So I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was in a box. Oh, okay. Well, you know. Or the beer. She could have slipped some stuff in his beer. She gave it a weird look. (laughs) That's why I'm just wondering if there was something more happening in this. Oh, there was something more happening, all right. No, I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) Ivy's trying to attach herself as she does. (laughs) No, but she seemed to have an epiphany. And then she went to Henry, brought him things that he is going to ingest, which is never a safe bet when you're dealing with fairy tales. And then, like, her line is, I think you could be the hero I need. But for him to be that hero, he needs to be awake. Because she said she's going to finish what Tremaine started. I was oddly confused by the fact that they were even in his apartment. Because it's not in Hyperion Heights. Yeah, I thought he was staying in Hyperion Heights, but I guess he's just going back and forth. I think he's just close. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, at this point, I don't even know if when they write the end of an episode, if they know where they're going with it (laughs) in the next episode. So it could be anything. It could just be a stupid love triangle. It could be... We don't have time for a love triangle. I mean, you know that and I know that. But Drizella is awake and she wants to save... I think she wants to save Anastasia now. Yes. Save her from what? From Gothel. Oh, is Gothel still even involved with Anastasia? Well, we don't know. We haven't seen her for a couple weeks. See, it is so muddy at this point. (laughs) I'm not sure what questions we're supposed to be asking right now. Whether we know we have only nine episodes left or not. Where are we going with this? Get to the point. <laughs> Give me something. Is it is it is it the chart that they found in Tilly's lair? Which sidebar? They both at different times told her to go home, and I kept thinking, you know what home looks like for her, right? Yeah, but she's happy there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like homeless girl. Go home. <laughs> She's not homeless. There's like four walls and a ceiling and like some knickknacks. And no address. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the building has an address. <laughs> I'm sure it does. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she has the thing with like the symbol of the coven of the eight oh, and yeah. a couple of them are crossed off. And I guess that that. Maybe it's our our clue as to where we're going with the story. I don't know. That could also be two people that are in the coven now, Lady Gothel and Anastasia. Oh, like she's just figuring out who they are, and so she's crossing them off as she figures it out? Yeah, let's go with that. That's a way better one than that she's killing them. (laughs) Someone's trying to frame her, obviously. I wonder who it could be. (laughs) Somebody who distracted the police officers? Yeah. And, uh... The shop they went to, if we want to talk about that whole investigation. Sorry, that was my, I was stuttering because <laughs> you said investigation. <laughs> so the, when they went to the shop, the guy uh, that they talked to who said that the woman, the 
chocolates were left for was his wife and she was dead. That was Captain Ahab's guy, right? Oh, I didn't notice. I think it was. Somebody said it was. I didn't pay enough attention to notice. He gave them a shifty look as they left, as villains do. Well, because you would think that some detectives would know that somebody who was dead like 10 years ago died before they came and asked <laughs> questions. Maybe. There's no time to look that stuff up, you know. <laughs> I'm concerned that Tilly's fate is in their detective hands. Like, true. Not very. Oh, and why does Rogers believe her? And I'm going to call him Rogers until he wakes up. I think he feels guilty about pushing her away that day. It just seems like everything else he's believed about her, you would think he would just be like, well, she was standing there holding the murder weapon. She's got to be guilty. She's clearly not all there. <laughs> but then he's like, oh, you don't believe she's capable of this, do you? And then, like, what? So is Weaver supposed to be like, well, I mean, she shot me, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> forgot about that little detail <laughs> like she, but she only shot me because i told her to in my cursed days my not cursed in, days in another realm <laughs> in another realm many years ago yes or really maybe only like six months ago but we don't really yeah know. who even knows what the timeline is either <laughs> I'm so jaded because I was thinking about that uh today too like we I don't even have a clear understanding of whether We'll call them Ronnie and Kelly ever ran the bar together, or they only remember running it together. They speak as though they ran it together, and then they had their falling out, and she moved away. But honestly, it feels like there wasn't time for that, except maybe if it happened after just being there a couple of days. They haven't established, in my mind, how long they've been in Hyperion Heights. And to me, that's kind of kind of important. Mm-hmm. It was always important, even though they were frozen in Storybrooke, we knew exactly how long they'd been there. Yeah, they were frozen for 28 years. Yeah, time was very important back then. Well. Maybe, whoa, maybe they've done something to our memories. <laughs> the show's been going on as long as anyone can remember. <laughs> oh, but... Are we waking up? No. <laughs> this is season 28. Also, Adam and Eddie, I remember you promising that Emma was going to have a relationship with Lincoln in season seven during like the season two Comic Con or what was that thing called? A relationship with who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln? No. <laughs> I think it was Abraham Lincoln, actually. What? No. So oh, they're, gosh. what's it called? Paul, Paley, Paley Fest? Sure. In Paley Fest, like I want to say in season two during Paley Fest, they did like the panel discussion and something came up and Jennifer Morrison was like, yeah, when am I, when's Emma going to have a relationship with Lincoln? I, I swear it was Lincoln. And then um, like without missing a beat, one, one of Adam or Eddie said season seven. Yeah, we'll get there. Wow. So liars. So liars. But that was also when they said, like, I would be extremely disappointed if we did not get the end of that story. And then we probably didn't. So. <laughs> probably didn't. This episode did have some redemption at the end, though. 
It did. It made me cry. Do you know how long it's been since I've cried in an episode of Once Upon a Time? I know. That uh, finally people being themselves and Regina acknowledging that she's talking to her granddaughter. It was so endearing. It was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> we we got some feedback from Keeper of Squid Ink about this scene. Thank you, Regina. You restored my faith in this show. Don't call me grandma. <laughs> we fans might get to see a happy ending. Please let this be so, even if I am disturbed by who is kissing whom. I think the last scene with Regina and Lucy gave us all the jolt of faith we really needed at this point. That is true. Yes. I, yes, very much. It's like after a scene like that, it's like, okay, I'm ready to go another nine rounds with this timeline. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, if this is it, what we have to look forward to with people waking up, then it's going to be okay. <laughs> is that the first Lucy Regina interaction that we've seen? Like, even, I mean, as Lucy and as Regina, even in the past, I, did we see them interact much? Mostly Lucy's uh, been a baby, but. Right. I think perhaps a little at her birthday party when Gothel came and unfroze Drizella. Right. But it wasn't just like Regina and Lucy time. Do you think they're actually going to get walkie-talkies or do you think they might just go with their iPhones? Yeah, I don't know. I hope it's walkie-talkies kind of. (laughs) Yeah, I think that'd be cute. But uh, yeah, that was just even for Lucy, who isn't truly awake, having someone actually finally say, yep, I lived it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like her other grandma. The nice one. Right. Oh, how's that for a juxtaposition? <laughs> Out of the two, she was, she's not the evil queen anymore. So she was the good one of the two, not parents, but grandparents in this case. <laughs> uh, when it was Henry's mom's, <laughs> she was at first the evil one. She's also the grandma that put Henry in a coma in the first season. <laughs> Very true. But because Lana Perea is such an amazing actress, that zoom in on her face when she was hugging Lucy after promising that she was going to save Henry. Yeah. It was like, I just promised her, but I don't know how I'm going to do that. Right. (laughs) Oh, man. She's between a rock and a hard place, too. Yeah. I'm surprised almost that they mentioned the hyacinths again. I thought they forgot about them. Oh, that was cute. I'm trying to remember. I remember looking it up because there was some symbolism of that flower. You know what else there isn't time for in the next nine episodes? (laughs) Regina catching up with an old boyfriend anymore. Eye roll. Yeah. Sorry to bring it up, but it had to be said. Because here she's giving us this beacon of hope and she's also taking it away a little bit. (laughs) I don't like that either unless i well but the implications of i never mind i'm not even gonna try and talk around (laughs) that i don't i don't know how i would (laughs) they made it as awkward as possible and it was dr facilier that we're talking about and that's scary and they made it really okay anyway <laughs> yeah. So, do you do you think it's possible that she is trying to win his trust to use him 
No. Okay. I mean, that's a little going a little too far. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I want to think that, but I also don't want to think that. Yeah. I don't know. Regina, come on, man. Pick a side. No, yeah. I I do not believe that she is in a position that she would do anything that would compromise Henry's safety. So I do not think that she is going to waver on whose side she is on. No, but that already compromised his safety. Maybe. She knows what that dude's capable of. And I don't know. I don't know what she's thinking. I don't know what she's thinking either. Maybe we'll learn that in a future episode. <laughs> maybe we will. And maybe someone will eye roll at whoever wrote the previous episodes and distance themselves from it. Do we have an episode coming up because we could use one? I do not know. Do you think, no, the finale is going to be Adam and Eddie? Yes. Or possibly even a larger team. Maybe the pre-finale will be, okay, so let's, okay. <laughs> How about if the pre-finale is an episode solo, and then the finale can be Adam, Eddie, and Espen. Espenson. <laughs> I can't even say her name properly because we say episode. <laughs> right, right. It's her new nickname. Now I want to look up who wrote the finale of Buffy. <laughs> it's probably Joss Whedon. Yes, it was written by Joss Whedon. So I think that I feel like finales have to be written by the creators of the show. It seems like a rule. I feel like one Espensode could like do a lot of damage control, you know? It could. It could. Or at least give us some funny lines to use for closing. Yes, but mostly I just need to see that the story's going somewhere. But I guess it'll go somewhere eventually. Or it will just be done. It'll just fade away. Yep. Trivia was the season one finale. It was not called Broken, was it? Broken was the season two premiere. What was the season one finale? Uh, chat room? <laughs> a land without danger. magic. Stranger danger, stranger danger. That was probably when we were talking about her waving. Oh, a land without magic. Season one finale, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Hmm. One place we know we're headed still is episode 150, still coming. Nightfall was episode 146. So we have potentially about four weeks until 150. And that looks like, unless there's another delay that we don't expect, it will air on April 13th. Huh. Directed by Lana Perea. Yay. So what episode, like, so is that about halfway between what we have left? We will have, in the end, 155 episodes. Okay. So there will be five left after that one. And actually, it appears we will have an episode the week before 150. Yay. The last episode. Oh, can you yeah. see who's written the finale? <sighs> Wait, does Eddie that Kitsis count as a spoiler? And Adam Horowitz. Yeah. I do not think so. I feel like they've probably written all of the season finales. They did write A Land Without Magic, the season one finale. And I just feel like that's something that creators of shows do. They write the finales for themselves. Yes. It's a good idea. They bookend the, se the seasons. Yes. <laughs> 
So this concludes our discussion of Rogers Makes No Sense, a.k.a. <laughs> Nightfall. <laughs> if you would like to continue the discussion, we would love to hear from you on our forums. You can find those at oncepodcast.com slash forums. If you would like to support this podcast, you can help us by sharing this episode by going to oncepodcast.com slash 329. You can tweet it, put it out on your social media, share it on your Facebook, even if you just share it with one other person. That really helps the podcast. And you can follow us on Twitter at Once Podcast, and you can follow each of us individually on Twitter. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And you can follow Daniel on Twitter at the Daniel J. Lewis. Special thanks to our whole team of volunteers who helped to make this podcast possible. Jack for writing our show notes, John Buchanis for editing our episodes, Hunter Hathaway and Jacqueline for providing spoilers, Jacqueline and Matthew Paul for moderating the forums, Keb for masterminding our timeline, Daniel, Jeremy, Heather, Hunter, and Jacqueline for hosting the podcast. And until next time, just don't call me grandma. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our heroes for supporting this podcast. If you would like to be a hero too, please visit oncepodcast.com slash hero. And thank you for your support.